How do you protect your work from home time when everyone seems to want a piece of it? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today's listener question is pretty familiar to me too. It probably will ring true for a lot of people who are location independent. There are solopreneurs who who don't have to go into an office, entrepreneurs, small business owners, people who work for themselves, but also people who are allowed to be a distant employee. They don't have to report to the office even though they work for a company or a corporation. It's really a growing pop, uh, a growing subset, I guess, of the population of people who don't need to go to an office, who can schedule their own time, who can set their own hours. And anytime you're in that place, people quickly make assumptions about your time and your availability. I used to experience this a lot in my brick and mortar. My friends and family would say, well, can't you just go into work a little bit later? Or can't you end your day earlier? We could meet for coffee, have a drink, catch up, um, meet for lunch in the middle of the day. And here now back in California, um, I, you know, I work largely out of my house now, sometimes a coffee shop or two, but I am location independent. I largely can work wherever I want. Just a couple of months ago, I did a coaching call from the beach, which of course makes everybody want to yell at me right now. But I do have that ability to schedule my time as my own. And I think when we have that ability, people assume that we can do it for them. And because we can, we should. So the request for our time, the idea that we can just juggle things around, move things around, seems so simple on the other side of the equation. But those of us in it know that sometimes it's not that easy. And sometimes we can be resentful of the extra burden it places on us to always be available, to be the one who's flexible, who can be the problem solver. It certainly happened for me here in California where a lot of the work we have to do on the house involves working with the contractors and the different people we've hired to plan the remodel that we're doing. And so they have to come to the house. My office is at the house right now. It's not actually my office. I use the end of the dining room table, but people need to come to the house. I work from home. It should be me who works that out but that means I'm constantly judging ju- I'm constantly excuse me juggling my work schedule I'm constantly shifting things to you know accommodate for people's appointments and their needs and their schedule and it can be it can be burdensome at times and other people will have similar sort of needs asked of them at different times and it puts you in this constant debate to set a boundary to say no to explain why you have to say no I remember it was so easy for me when my husband was sick in 2015 to just kind of close up shop in my brick and mortar. I think I like just shut down for like a week and a half because I just knew I needed to focus on my husband. I knew I needed to be at the hospital. And then once it got to the point where we were out of any kind of real danger zone, I did ask for flexibility with my clients. And that was easy for me to do because I wanted to be there and I needed to be there. But it was also time limited. And I think sometimes people encounter situations and our listener question today targets this directly, that flexibility is going to be asked of you and required of you in the long game. So how do you protect 
like your work from home time? How do you help people understand that, yes, you can be flexible, but yes, too, that flexibility has some limits attached to it? So let's dive into the question and see where she's at, and we can go from there. Hi, Heather. Can you help? For the past five years, I've been what I call a digital freelancer. I work from home during doing various online tasks for people. I don't really consider myself a business owner so much as someone who's location independent. I work for myself. I'm one of three siblings. My dad died almost 10 years ago, and over the past year, my mom's health has begun failing too. My brother, sister, and I have become somewhat of a team in terms of caregiving, but a lot falls on me because of the fact that I work for myself. My siblings regularly say things like, well, because you don't have to work, or because you can take time off whenever you want, they regularly imply that the lion's share of the work with my mom should fall on me. Not only do they seem to minimize what I do, they seem to not get that if I'm not working, I'm not making money, and there's no such thing as paid time off in my world. My income is taking a hit here. My mom is not imminently dying. She's just slowly failing. That sounds awful to just say it so plainly, but that's the reality. And I cannot afford to keep missing work at this pace. I have no idea how to go about this. Of course, I want to be there for my mom. Of course, I want to help as much as possible, but it can't always be me. She's going to be sick for a while and I can't go broke while that happens. How do I navigate this difficult time? Thanks. First of all, I'm so sorry that your mom is sick and failing. And this is such a hard thing for families to figure out and talk about. And I think sometimes the hard conversations just become so emotional that people avoid them and they oversimplify things and they don't say things out loud that need to be said. And yes, you and your siblings absolutely need to have a conversation. But before you talk to your brother and sister, you really need to have a conversation with yourself here. So one of the things I like to do, and you're you're probably, if you've listened to the show, you're not surprised that about with what's going to come out of my mouth, is that this is going to be about setting boundaries. This is going to be about protecting your work time, protecting your needs, and ensuring that your needs get met so you can be available for your mom in a more open-hearted way. So that's what we're talking about. I don't think you're going to be surprised by that. But how do you set a boundary when there's an emotional need attached, when um, some things are just non-negotiable, your mom needs help, and um, you and your siblings are going to have to figure out how to do that? How do you juggle that? How do you communicate it? How do you manage it? It starts with a conversation with yourself. So what I really want you to do right now is take a look at your schedule, because before your mom got sick, you had a lot of freedom to set your schedule up the way you wanted to, the way that worked best for you. You could take as many jobs as you needed to make the money you wanted to make. You could back off on taking jobs that weren't interesting to you or would take up too much time or wouldn't be worth it financially. You independently made all those decisions and you largely probably did that from a combination of wants and needs. So when you do that, you're only considering yourself. And I want you to go back to that. I want you to look at your business for a moment. I promise I won't keep you here, but this is where this process has to start. I want you to look at your business and look at what you need. 
What our what are the non-negotiables? You need to be able to work X number of hours a week uninterrupted. You need to be able to have specific days off where you're not required to help your mom. You need to be able to X, Y, Z. I want you to get clear on how many hours you absolutely need to work, the conditions under which those hours need to happen, and what you need to set your business up for sustainable success. If you don't do that, you're going to be giving yourself away. But it also too constantly puts you in this reactive state of mind where every time there's a request, every time your your mom needs a ride to a doctor's appointment or needs uh, you know, a family member to come to a medical appointment, you're constantly juggling, you know, can I do it this week? Should I do it this week? How long have I been doing it before? It just puts you in the reaction seat. So you're in the passenger seat of that discussion. You're in the passenger seat of your car and your life or your business. So I want you to get really clear on in order for your business to continue to be sustainable for you, to continue to make the income that you're accustomed to making, what absolutely positively non-negotiably needs to happen. Get really clear on that. Before you have a conversation with your mom, before you have a conversation with your siblings, you need to know what your business needs because that's going to be your quote unquote boss's expectations. Your sister and your brother are moving through the world according to their boss's expectations. That's why so much of this is falling on you. Because once you know the non-negotiables, you get to decide how those happen. You can decide how you can be available for your mom and get your business needs met. But you can't do that unless you get crystal clear on what the business needs are and how much time you actually need and what chunks of time you actually need. So I would spend some time doing an inventory of that because then again, we're not even talking to siblings or mom yet. As each request comes in, you can measure the request based on what you've predetermined here in terms of what your business needs. So if your mom just needs a quick half hour, this, that, and the other thing, and you happen to have five hours free that week, you might be able to say yes, but you're not going to be able to make that yes decision until you know what you're dealing with for your business. So I would encourage you to think about your business hours, your business structure, and your financial needs during this time. And I would encourage you to think about how are you going to make up for the cash that's already been lost? Because you've been doing this in a reactive state. You've been saying yes. You've been going with the flow. You've been showing up. You're already taking a financial hit. You're seeing that this is the long game. So you have to account for how are you going to make up for that financial hit? Because you're like, money comes in, money goes out. You're the only one responsible as a solopreneur and freelancer for how that happens. So I want you to get a handle on that. And then the next thing I want you to think about now that you know what the business is, I want you to do a gut check around what you are willing and capable of doing when it comes to caregiving. That is an awful thing to have to say out loud. But I have to tell you that having been a caregiver for myself with my husband, we have to know our limits because what ends up happening for people in the caregiving role is that people just assume that you will, you can, and you should. And nobody's going to put a limit on that. You have to know what you're capable of handling, managing, 
and juggling. And you have to be able to say no. And right now, it sounds like your mom might just have some low-level needs, but they're just happening with more frequency. So you may be willing and able to do all of it. But sometimes when it comes to more like personal health needs and caregiving and, you know, taking care of cleansing and feeding and bathing and, and all of that, like you have to know what your limits are and you have to know what you're willing to do, what you need help to learn. And I want you to do a gut check on that before you're in the eye and in before you're in the lens and under the spotlight of your brother and sister who are going to have their own agendas, their own reactions to that. If you can quietly know for yourself internally where your business is, and then you can internally know for yourself where you yourself are, what your emotional, physical limits are, it will be so much easier to make decisions from that place rather than the emotional place. Because oftentimes when we're talking about something like caregiving, and this happened to me with my husband, it feels so personal. So it's really hard to be like, well, no, just because I am here and just because I can like, no, don't ask me of this or this is super intimidating. And I, I know there were caregiving chores over the years that I've been assigned that at some point in time I should have said like, can't someone from home care do this? Like I get like that he doesn't need to be in a hospital. I get that a doctor doesn't need to do this, but are we absolutely positively sure it has to be me? Those are really hard questions to ask ask out loud to caregivers and to family members and to providers, I can tell you from personal experience that I regret not asking, that I regret because everyone assumed responsibility onto me that I took it onto me without pushing back or without second guessing because I constantly was outside of my comfort zone with some caregiving tasks and I later learned I didn't need to be. I just needed to speak up. So if you can internally know what your limits and boundaries are going into it, it's going to be so much easier to say no or to say yes, but when you're not in that, but mom needs you mode. Because when it's emotional and everybody's looking at you with that pleading look, it's so hard to not make an emotional decision. But those emotional decisions often are the decisions where you say yes and you really should have said no. And I think, and I can tell from your letter that you've probably done that a time or two where you didn't want to be the jerk who said, no, I don't want to help mom or no, I don't want to take her to the doctor's appointment. So yes, I will. But then as a result, you lost money, you lost a, a work job or a contract or something like that. So it's so much easier when the request comes in if you can measure it against a neutral thing that you predetermined before the emotion was sitting in front of you. So that way, when somebody says, hey, can you do this on Friday at three o'clock? You don't have to go, oh God, this is really important. And oh, people are really going to be screwed if I can't do Friday at three o'clock. You just look at your schedule and go, actually like, no, I can't. Friday at three o'clock doesn't work. I have this. And no, I can't juggle it and move it. That's where I want to get you to. A way of moving through the world as you have to make these decisions. Because what you're pointing out to me here is that this is going to be constant and this is going to be necessary. You have to have a way of deciding that. And I put myself in the same position. It was one of the promises I made to myself after my husband was sick for such an extended you know, period of time. I had to kind of look at the mirror and say to myself, like, this isn't going to be the only time in our lives that this happens. This is going to happen again. So in the future, this is how I'm going 
going to make these decisions. This is the process I'm going to walk myself through. This is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm not willing to do. That way it doesn't have to be like this. You know, we promised each other through sickness and health and now sickness is happening and I want to bail. Like, no, it's like, this is what, what the deal is. This is what I've predetermined for myself, what I'm capable of. And these are the limits under which I can move through the world and take care of things. It's such an easier, more empowered place to make that decision when you can do it from more neutral territory and not the immediate, you know, need and urgency that can sometimes come around these requests. Now, now we have to get to the point where we talk to uh, your siblings, right? Like you knew that you knew that was coming. You're probably just holding your breath, waiting for me to get there. But I think that the first thing you do is remember what I tell people all the time. You want to tell people what you want them to think. So you ask your brother and sister for time and you say, listen, I have to talk to you about something. This is really hard for me to bring up. I'm worried that you're going to be upset with me. I'm worried that that we're going to get into a fight, but I'm really hoping that we're going to be able to stay on the same page. I need to explain my job to you. It seems that because I don't go to an office and because I don't have a boss, you've made some assumptions about the way I work, what I'm capable of doing, and what I'm not capable of doing. And I need to help you understand that my time, just because I set my schedule, is not entirely my own. I have clients and people that I consult for that rely on my availability and expect a certain turnaround, expect me to do certain things at certain times. And I also have an expectation and a, and a need for myself to ensure my own income. Yes, I can move my schedule around with more freedom. Yes, I can take days off more regularly and more easily than the two of you. But that is not without consequence. I got myself in a pickle recently because I said yes to dropping off mom here and to picking her up there and to doing this. I didn't want to be the person who made things difficult. I didn't want to seem like I didn't want to help. So I said yes when I should have said no, because now I'm putting myself in an uncomfortable financial situation. We got to know the deal here. Mom is sick, but like she's going to be sick for a while. This is what happens as people get older and I can't be the first go-to answer for everything. Otherwise, you know, by the time we lose mom, like I'm not going to have anything in terms of life savings or in terms of financial stability for myself. And I can't risk that right now. I hope you understand. And then give them time to just kind of absorb that. Recognize that they may minimize you. They may interrupt you. They may sort of disagree and argue with you. And where they start out isn't where they land. Because as soon as you say that, they're going to feel really reactive. They're going to recognize and see the writing on the wall that some things may be asked of them that you've been handling. That they may have to figure out a way to navigate this tricky situation with their own bosses with their own respective families and they're going to be reactive to that and you may be the recipient of that. So I just want to remind you that where people react isn't always where they land. So just listen, clarify misunderstandings, answer their questions from a neutral place and then say, this is what I've been able to do. It is always going to be true that my schedule is more flexible than yours. So looking at my schedule, looking at my work, 
This is what I think I can do. These are the limits to where I can help. These are going to be the empty holes in our schedule. These are going to be the missing pieces where I'm not going to be able to support mom, where either one of you is going to need to support mom, or we're going to need to hire help or ask a neighbor, ask a friend, and expand our net a little bit for people who can show up for mom. Because that's the other thing. We have to, we can't just immediately assume responsibility for everything. You guys have your own support network. You have your own families, your friends. Your mom has her support network and her friends. So you want to make sure that you cast the net wider. You are the easy answer. But that doesn't mean you're the only answer. And people will always go to the easy answer. I was just talking about this the other day in my Protect Your Talent episode. That because I was always saying yes to my time, and because I was always saying yes to overtime shifts, people didn't bother picking up shifts because I was the easy answer. They could ask me, I said yes, and then they didn't have to worry about it and the stress and anxiety was off their plate. So it's so much easier to assume that one person can handle it rather than having to do that logistical work and sometimes the vulnerable work of reaching out and asking for help. But when I like ultimately said to people when my husband was sick, like I haven't eaten a good meal in a really long time like I need somebody to make me dinner like I had my freezer full but I I didn't think to ask I didn't think to say so I was eating takeout I was gaining weight like a crazy person but as soon as I said hey like is there somebody available other than me to do this really annoying task of feeding me like that was such an easy way for other people to help me but it wasn't until I said it out loud that it happened so you want to perceive the opportunities where it doesn't have to be you and your siblings. And as soon as you guys say that out loud, you can go to your your larger community, your larger network of friends and family to show up. And one of the things that when it comes to caregiving that I really encourage clients over the years to do, and I did this a lot in my brick and mortar therapy practice, is to set up a phone tree so that people could like, and once you get this going, you can figure out how it's going to best work for you. Sometimes in this day and age, people do a group text and they just keep everybody updated. But I go nuts with group text because of all the notifications and the ongoing side conversations that inevitably happen. So the idea being that if mom needs a ride at three o'clock on a Thursday and the three of you can't do it, you just start the phone tree that one of you calls one person, that person calls the next person until somebody can pick up mom at three o'clock on a Thursday. That idea is if, and there's also too, I wish I could remember the link that I used to send people to, but my guess is somebody with good Google skills could probably find it. But it's, there's this like caregiving calendar that people, you, anybody in your friends network or your family network, it's like an app where people can say, this is what the need is. And everybody who's included in that group can sign up for what they can do. Um, I tried to find it, before I recorded this episode. And for the life of me, I couldn't remember where I used to refer people. But there's all kinds of different apps and scheduling things where you can get some uh, technical technical assistance with that, where people can sort of put in the calendar, like mom has an appointment on Monday, she needs to go to the senior center on Tuesday, and could somebody please help her clean her house on Thursday, and everybody who's invested and loves your mom can sign up as available. And that really helps the larger community 
too, because people don't know where they're needed. And sometimes people just aren't good at perceiving opportunities to help. And that certainly has been true for me. Like one of the things that always ends up happening is people just end up assuming that someone else is helping me. And then I'm a freaking island doing it all by myself. And I haven't thought to say it out loud. So if you can put it out there, you can figure out who your larger tribe is outside of your brother or sister. And you, I think that you guys will be able to do this. And it sets up a system and a way of doing this that is easy and it becomes something that it's just the way you do this. This is just the way you manage it. And that's really reassuring in times when it becomes more crisis driven. Because once it's a crisis, you all know your roles, you all know your time, and you all know your respective responsibilities. And then you get to just be present. And then And lastly, you know, you want to be able to just communicate the emotion and communicate the value that being a caregiver has. Talking to people and saying, this is important to me, but I need the oxygen mask on myself. I need to be in this for the long game because the last thing I want is for my mom to be in really failing health and me to want to have nothing to do with it because I've already burnt the candle at both ends. But if you set up a system, a clear way of communicating, and recognizing and acknowledging that your schedule is going to shift and move as time passes. And the same is true for your tribe and your brother and your sister, but that this can be an ongoing conversation. And it's a conversation you can have with love, that boundaries can be said and set with love. But we have to go back to boundaries for a second, because what's going to happen is when people get stressed, when something happens and it's a last minute request, they're just going to lean on you. Because again, just remember, you're the easy answer. It doesn't mean they don't respect what you do. It doesn't mean that they don't get it. It just means you're the easy answer and it's stressful for them and they need you to figure something out. None of this works if you don't protect your own boundary. If you don't, when you're asked for time that cannot be taken from your business, you have to say no. Because as soon as you say no, people will figure it out. It will become non-negotiable that it needs to be figured out. So don't just assume because it's an urgent crisis that it has to be you. Don't be afraid to say no and push on the system a little bit to figure out a different way because that's what's critical to this. You can set the boundary. You can tell your brother and sister to respect your job, to understand where you're coming from, to respect your finances and all of that all along the way. But if you don't uphold and respect that boundary yourself, you're just giving yourself away. You're teaching everybody how to treat you and how to treat your business and they'll do it because it's easy. They'll disrespect you. They'll walk all over you and they won't do it because they're selfish. They won't do it because they're, you know, just sort of single-minded. They'll do it because you've been doing it to yourself. So it teaches them how to do it too. So make sure that when somebody asks you for time that isn't theirs, that you have that hard conversation and say, no, 
know I'd really like to help. I can't do Thursday at three o'clock. I could do Friday at two or I could do next week, but unfortunately this Thursday isn't going to work. Don't be afraid to tell people the limits and to respect your own boundary. In doing that, you teach people how to treat you. This is not an easy conversation and I'm so glad you reached out to me. I hope I've given you a thought process that you can follow through, that you can consider going forward. And thanks so much for reaching out. If anybody has um, a question and they'd like my two cents on their business or life, feel free to find me over at heather at choose to have it all.com. Uh, do let me know too what you thought of yesterday's episode. I did a coaching call um, live with somebody where we tackled their problem live um, and it was how to stop the old stories from playing. So check that episode out. And if you would like some live coaching on my show, um, definitely let me know. You can still find me over at heather at choose to have it all.com for that too. And if you need your binge list for bosses, my top 10 episodes of must listen to shows uh you can find that over at choose to have it all.com forward slash podcast thanks so much for joining me today i really enjoy talking to you and i look forward to talking to you next time bye for now